1: You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos.
2: Welcome in, guys. Welcome in. Um, It is Tuesday night, which means it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by a good friend and co-host, as always, on these Tuesday night shows, Carl Dummler. Carl? How goes things out in the great windy state of
3: Kansas? Things are good here, man. We finally got the, the cool weather moving in. It starts nice. feeling like fall a little bit. And, uh, you know, obviously football back this last week. So it's just it's starting to feel like normal life again. But uh, getting a little chaotic. Kids start school tomorrow, which is crazy to think about. And uh, still got to go buy some school supplies right after this show because we moved our kid from one school to a different one. And, of course, they can't have the same – List of cool supplies. So, oh, but, uh, so. but otherwise, no, things are good. Just getting a little crazy out there with uh, busy schedules and uh, just excited to be here for this evening, getting a chance to get some normalcy of talking Bronco football.
2: Nice. Yeah. It's uh, supposed to get hotter than heck here again on Thursday, saying 93 degrees, which will be the record breaking, I think, 12th day of 90 degrees this year for Seattle, which is. Not normal, but but hey, maybe it's the new normal. I'm supposed to backpack this weekend, but hey, there's a chance of a lightning storm, so we'll see if that happens because Nick cannot have good weather on a backpacking trip. That's the rule. Um, With first, no fear coming in. Good evening, Nick and Carl in all of Broncos country. Good to see you. He also says good evening. Um, Again, he said it again. Okay, good. Diamond Rattler. Boom, let's go. Diamond looking jacked. Good to see you, buddy. Andrew Morrow, it's been a second. Hope you're doing well. Uh, He said that these are who I heard were waived. Guard Ben Braden. Safety Jamar Johnson, running backs Max Borgie, wide receiver Caden Davis, tight end Rodney Williams, and wide receiver Tramis Fulgum. So uh I guess I'm gonna be the technicality guy. Actually, um Ben Braden wasn't waived. Uh he was released to make room for uh the Joe Schobert signing uh yesterday, where the other five you listed were waves today to get the roster down to what it needed to be so uh i guess that's the show folks no uh thank you so much andrew for uh, listening those out there good to see you hope you're doing well kathy coming in saying i feel bad about max borgie i liked him at wazoo yeah it's uh he had a couple really questionable runs um in the preseason game where there was space you know 90 percent of it is the offensive line but a few borgie didn't do that well also i guess there was a (laughs) it was early uh but i think there was a run-in with uh borgie and melvin gordon that made borgie not as uh liked uh by that running back in there you know going a little bit uh try hard out uh-huh. there but uh, he'll he'll bounce around i think he'll end up getting another shot even if it's not uh this camp it'll be next camp
3: yeah i had somebody describe him earlier to me and i thought this was a good one of he is a wide receiver trying to play running back but he's not fast enough to be a good wide receiver in the nfl yeah and i mean he's got good hands i think he is a pretty good receiving back which is it's important in the nfl to have those kind of guys so like I said I think he can catch on with an NFL team I just don't know how much of a impact he can really have in the NFL but I think it'd be pretty minimal at this point He's just on that small end and if you're small you better be fast and he's not all that fast I would say no I mean he's not got that elite speed that you're looking for at least and like I said in this last game there were some some bad runs for him where I mean he had maybe some of the best blocking of any of the running backs. I mean, it wasn't great blocking. Don't get me wrong. But there was a few plays where there was great blocking and he missed it. Just didn't see the hole where it was opening up. And uh, with all young running backs, I mean, Javante Williams did this last year where there's plays where they just want to bounce it outside. They want the big play instead of, hey, let's pick up this five to seven yards. that's right here that we need that gets us a great spot for being on second down and short and third down and short. If you get to that kind of level. And so, like I said, he tried to bounce it outside and missed what should have been a really nice game for the offense.
2: Yep. I feel bad. Um, Again, hopefully he uh, lands on his feet. And also, I think the biggest surprise, and so we'll get into each of these guys in the battles, but uh, Kathy coming in saying Jamar Johnson just never made that step. So uh, would you agree with me? Was uh, Jamar Johnson the most surprising uh, of this being on this list of the first waved players?
3: It is. When Turner Yell is out with a concussion right now, you kind of thought maybe Jamar Johnson would stay on just because, just wait for that guy to get healthy. And and I, I kind of expected that Jamar Johnson was going to get cut. So I'm not too worried about when they get cut per se, you know, whether it's to get to the 85 or if it's to get to the 53, but it's still a little bit could have pushed maybe to get him on that practice squad and just hope that he could live up to that potential of where you drafted him and, and thought he was going to be something. I mean, I, I think you and I both really liked him coming out of college. Mm-hmm. He had some really nice plays and for a fifth uh, round, yeah, for a fifth. Yeah, I should say that he's, yeah. he's not first round talent, obviously. No. But uh, I I probably liked him more than Caden Stearns when the Broncos were drafting at the the safety position. And uh, but obviously, sometimes players just have that struggle of making that adjustment. And and like Kathy says, he just never made that next step. He's yep. not really shown that improvement that you hope from year one to year two. Yeah, and I just. Never really stood out.
2: He's a safety depth player, and he's not a special teams contributor. So if you are not contributing on special teams and you are battling for the fourth or fifth safety, you are not going to stick around. And right. uh, I think the main reason he stood out in college and as the uh, draft pick in Indiana, uh, coming out of Indiana, was his turnover ability. And he had that one play um, in this game where it was a uh, Wurieke got pressure on a stunt and got in the face of the quarterback, and he just tossed it up. And Jamar Johnson just kind of jumps up, doesn't high point the ball, lets it get into his chest, and uh, lets the wide receiver who became a defender knock the ball away. And it's like, well, the, the calling card, the Trump card for Jamar Johnson was supposed to be turnover ability. And if you're not out there making a, you know, a turnover type of play that you should be making, you're not contributing on special teams, questionable tacky, tackling versatility. Uh, you're going to be out of here. So I think this, uh, this doesn't only, this isn't just a negative on Jamar Johnson. We don't want to do, totally dump on the guy, but also speaks out. I think for J.R. Reed, uh, having a good yeah. preseason game, special teams ability and uh, a Turner yell. I thought he did it okay. And, uh, Carl in the, um, Press conference yesterday, I think Hackett said that uh, Turner Yell came back in in that game after being cleared on concussion. So he should be okay, Um, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. Marcus Lewis-Henna coming in saying, how did you guys think Benito did in the game? Carl, I'll kick this one off to you.
3: It was very up and down. I mean, and it's kind of what I expected from him. He he has the style of game that it's either going to be a really big play successfully or a really big play in the negative. And so there were some splash play, plays for him. He got great pressure. There was one great run stop where he beat the lineman to the spot and got into the hole, made the tackle. Great play. Loved it. And he did a lot of that in college. But then he also had plays where if he didn't win with that first step, he got washed out of the play. And then I think everybody will kind of remember the where he spun the wrong direction. I, I don't know what all he was trying to do on that play, but all of a sudden he's kind of lost out in the middle of nowhere. And somebody else has happened to come up and make the play. And uh, so it was – it's about what I expected from him. Like I said, you're going to see the big plays. And everybody's going to be talking about him. It kind of reminds me of of Moody when he got his few starts this last year. And, like, he had the pancake blocks that everybody was going, oh, my gosh, you got to keep this guy on the field. But Mm -hmm. then he'd have, like, five negative blocking plays that were just like, what are you doing, bud? And he -hmm. just – got to get more consistent. And we we said that when Bonito was drafted – that he's just got to learn to become a consistent player that can be trusted to be on the field for three straight downs. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'd say he's more of a situational player for him, right? It, and probably just a situational pass rusher, which is valuable. Yeah, I, I just question, is it second round valuable?
2: Yeah, 64 overall, last pick in the second round. Um, the speed rush he does have, the get-off he does have is very good and he also had a speed rush with a dip where he pretty much just ghosted uh the right tackle he was going up against with the cowboys as well so that was good but you're right um my big thing with benito is i just don't know if he's ever going to be a plus starter in the league because i don't think he's going to get he's not going to get bigger you know like he has potentially be a good pass rusher but he's always going to be limited because i don't think his frame is going to uh, allow him to put on much more weight. And I just don't know if he's going to be able to anchor set the edge, uh, like you'd expect a starting edge, which even if he's, you know, your first edge off the board or kind of a hybrid player, like a Kyle van Noy type of player. Uh, there's some value to that, but he's going to have to get better. He can't, he, he has to go from like an F to a D in the run defense department, which uh, not there yet. And also a little bit better in uh, pass coverage as well, which he didn't look super great there in the game. But again, 64th overall pick, he did he did okay um and it's what he expected it's just kind of hard for him to stand out when uh, baron browning is looking as good as he's looking right now right Uh, phil mclaughlin coming in saying good evening nick carl and scott wow saw the video of the new locker room first class has the stadium been fixed since the fire let's ride Uh, god uh i don't know phil i guess that's it's working towards it but i wouldn't be surprised at all if uh this is something that the is still being worked upon so uh I don't know. Um, I haven't even thought about it. I was all let let Russ cook memes uh, there for a bit. And, uh, you know, Bronco's needing a new stadium with Walmart owners coming in. But uh, I don't know if it's been fixed. I'm guessing I'm guessing it has. But you'd have to we'd have to ask somebody in uh, the operations side of things.
3: Yeah, they, they haven't.
0: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.
1: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children I, I would guess they're probably working
3: pretty hard to get that fixed by the time they have their first home game just because, I mean, that's ticket sales. You, you want that money coming in as much as possible. And, of course, they got the ownership now that can pretty much say, construction crews will pay you anything to get in here and fix this. they like, money is no option here. Just, just do it. And, and so I, I would guess by week, well, it's week two when they have their first home game, that that'll all be fixed and, and ready to go. So I uh, got a little bit of time, but uh, hopefully, hopefully it's
2: uh, progressing there. want to say hello to Paul. Good evening, Nick Carl and Scott, the real OGs, two of the best guys. Paul, you're a great guy too. Thanks for joining us today. It's always good to hear from you. Uh, hope you're doing well. Also, we got Jay Cozad coming in saying, not much of a surprise with this round of cuts. Hackett probably hates to cut players being he's a player's type of coach. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's true, but I think a lot of players uh, dislike it as well. And I'm sure Peyton uh, dislikes it too. So he's the one making the cuts uh, more. Obviously, it's a discussion, but uh, yeah, it's. An ugly part of the job, but also a lot of those guys had a chance to go out there and live dreams and cash a pretty good check um, as well for that time period. So, yeah, again, um, a bunch of them will stick around and have other chances uh, later on.
3: Have you ever worked a seasonal job before? No, I have not. OK, I, I worked one one time where it was high competition, you know, like we're, we're bringing on 40 people. Five of you will have a job at the end of the season and uh, going into that meeting. Oh, my gosh, it is nerve wracking. I can tell you that, but, uh, I, I did make the cut. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey! just gotta do that little quick brag there, but uh, it was for this for yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I agree. I, I don't think Hackett likes it. Obviously yeah. he loves his players. He invests in them. He tries to get to know them personally. And I mean, we saw, what was it? He went out with Russell and Sierra to a concert, you know, I mean, obviously that's his quarterback, but he does that with a lot of players where he's trying to get one-on-one time with them. And so, yeah, I'm sure this is probably the toughest part of being head coach is being part of these meetings and figuring out who's not going to have a job tomorrow. Yep. Yep. It's uh part of the business. It's
2: the deal you make to get a chance in the league, but still sad um, and hope, hoping for the best for all these guys, no matter what uh, their future holds. Uh, Jay Cozad. Oh, he already got this one. We also want to say hello to Dylan coming in. Sup Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way and subscribe. If you haven't already. Absolutely. EJ in the house. Good evening, Nick and Carl on Broncos country. I guess Jamar Johnson won't be taking over the strong safety job of the Like we all expected. And uh, I wanted to get into this a little bit. This is something that I really love about the uh, the draft theory here uh, with uh, George Payton. Obviously, this is one of his first picks that had a real chance and didn't make the team. Um, but we've seen this now, back-to-back drafts now, uh, where we'll go back to 2021. first. He took two players at the same position in the day three of the draft, in Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson. Now, fifth-round picks don't normally hit, but if you need to try to find yourself a starter or a quality player at that position, it makes a lot of sense uh, to take two. You know, a lot of fans will be like, oh, we just took a safety. Why would you do another one? The odds of a fifth round pick becoming a even like a first rotational player, not great. Uh, most of those guys flame out. If we just went back over the history of the Broncos fifth round picks, it would be rough. Uh, but we saw that in this draft as well Matt Hennessein, uh Abu Zarike as well, two interior defensive linemen. Maybe not a one for one style wise, but definitely two to keep an eye on for. And also you have Fayon Hicks and DeLaren yell So uh, look out for that as part of the, the hedging. You know, day three picks don't have a good hit rate. You want to get a certain position though, take two. If you have the draft capital to do it, take two.
3: Yeah, for sure. And and they are positions that usually have pretty expensive players. Yep. Uh you, you think of like the defensive line. You're you're kind of hoping uh either if you're gonna have to pay Chubb, you're probably not gonna be able to play Draymond. Well, now mm-hmm. you've got some options that maybe could fill in for him. That's the nice thing with the Broncos kind of moving some players around to the edge position. Maybe they can keep it cheap if they have to lose Chubb, that they can still have some some starters out there that can actually do something for them. Uh, you know, the Broncos are just, they're trying to hedge for positions that they know are going to get expensive very quickly. Yep. And yeah, Kjax, he's getting older. This is his last year with the Broncos or most likely, I guess I, I shouldn't say hundred percent, but, uh, but yeah, Sinji, thank you. My guys, Nick and Carl, you're our guy as well. So we appreciate that. And we appreciate all of you just being here with us this evening and getting a chance to talk Bronco football. And, and I love this one right here. Mike Givens, you are right. Good evening, Nick, Carl, Scott, and Broncos country. Good to hear Billy Turner and Randy Gregory are coming off the pup list. That is probably the biggest news of the last few days, really. I mean, these cuts, they're important. But getting these two guys back on the field, how do you think Calvin Anderson did? Because he is one of the few starters that started.
2: I think he did okay. But um, reading between the lines and talking with people connected to the organization um, doesn't sound like there's a lot of excitement um, going on with Calvin Anderson as being the starting right tackle. So uh, a lot of hope that uh, Billy Turner can get it going there. I, th- I think Calvin Anderson is fine as a swing guy. Uh, but I think a lot of people really stand for him as a player because of how much he interacts uh, with, you know, the common folk like us on Twitter. <laughs> so uh, it's that kind of thing where it's like, Oh, let's separate the the player from the interactions you have on social media. Um, yeah. And doesn't sound yeah. like he's really taken it and uh, run with the, big opportunity that he's given.
3: Right. Well, it's kind of like Caden Davis. I know a lot of people were kind of excited. He's always listed as the, the guy's first out for every practice. Like I think there wasn't a single practice that he wasn't the first guy out there. The, the thing here in the NFL is it's it's, it's cold hearted. You know, if you're not the, the talented guy, even if you are the harder worker, you might still not get the job. And uh, that's always tough to see. You, you love to see the, the hardest working guys get the best opportunities to to go out there and win. And Calvin Anderson, I mean I don't doubt he's worked really hard to to get his opportunity, but he's just always kind of shown. He's just he's that like I said, he's a better swing tackle than he is probably a starter in the NFL. He's always going to be kind of that guy that's right on the edge of of that roster for most teams. Yep. And uh, he's going to he can have a long career being that swing tackle because like I said that's valuable. You need it. You need a guy that can can come in and do okay for you at either position, yep. but uh, to actually be the starter, yeah i I've been pulling for Billy Turner when we did our all AFC West team. I had Billy Turner as my right tackle. I think that you did for, too.
2: I think I did too. That's the right tackles in the AFC West, though. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but it just that's what you're kind of hoping for because he has a little bit more upside to actually be a quality right tackle.
2: And breaking news here: it was uh, Drew Locke was gonna be the start I don't know not to make it bring it keep bringing this up uh, Drew Lock was going to be the starter for the uh Seahawks this week um right for the versus the Chicago Bears in their preseason game got first team reps for the first time today Uh according this is via 40 seconds ago Ari Maryov, uh my sports update does a lot of stuff uh Drew Lock just tested positive for the sick bug and is going to be out now so oh. uh I was hoping to see Drew Lock week 1 versus the Broncos because man the narratives just write themselves uh but uh, this probably does not uh, does not help the cause there. So Drew Lock with the sick bug there. Um, and there it is from Adam Schefter as well. Um, so yep, that's uh, there's the news there. Um, speedy recovery, Drew. Man, hope you feel better soon and uh, good luck. I hope to see you Week One, um, fully healthy and uh, just for the narrative again, good times. Um, but sucks. Um, <laughs> sucks to hear that. Uh, Greg Smith, come out. Let's, let's say hello to some folks here real quick. Greg Smith, good evening. Good to see you, Greg. You need to figure out some uh emojis for the evening shows as well. He always gives us the croissant and the frying pan with an egg in it uh, for uh, breakfast. We need some dinner (laughs) emojis too. Uh, Maybe some burgers and beers. I don't know. Clayton here on evening guys. Long time. No see Carl smash that like button on the way in and share. Thank you so much. Clayton. That last one's really helpful too. Marcus also come in and saying, thanks for your comments guys. Love and respect from the UK. Hey, I hope you get a chance to go hang out at the Broncos when they come to London. Be a good time. And also he says Broncos MHH for life. Thank you so much. Uh, We appreciate you. Thank you for the stars and the support on your end. Uh, We also got Dave, uh, David McElrath coming in. Dave, it's always good to see you, buddy. Uh, Good evening, Nick and Carl and Scott and Broncos country. Good to see you, Mike S. What's up, Broncos country? And uh, also Clayton asked yesterday, how many sacks do you think Chubb and Gregory get? I think he asked it this morning, Um, but uh, combined, how many sacks?
0: Getting that just right temperature
1: Paid for by America First Legal. I'm going to put it about around 20. Oh, okay. You're high, I
2: think. Because, I, well uh, the, the availability and Gregory, I think, has never had more than six sacks in a year in the rotate. I, I cut you off. You just caught me off guard. Really it startled me. Okay. okay. Well, I'm about it. Let's do it.
3: Okay. I, I guess, yeah, I mean, it's high compared to what they've done in their career, but I'm banking on them both staying healthy the entire year. I guess that, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do here. That's what I'm going to base my numbers off of. And I think if they're healthy, they could be at that, like one guy gets 12, the other guy gets nine. I think there's going to be a pretty big rotation amongst the edge rushers. And so those backup guys are going to get some opportunities. I, I could see one of the backups getting five or six sacks. And, and part of this is also based on, I really love the secondary. So I think there's going to be some coverage sacks that really make a difference with these guys uh, that maybe wouldn't have been there last year.
2: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh We'll see. I just think that how available they've been and also the rotational of edge rushers uh, and also spend uh, sending linebackers on blitzes as well. I think it's going to be the volume is not going to be there. And we didn't even talk about the availability of either of those guys, too. So like when you see Vegas over unders for players, you're always like, oh, my gosh, if you calculate that over 17 games, that's only, you know, 240 yards a game from Russell Wilson. He'll beat that. Well, yeah. they're baking in the chance that he misses two to three games. So right. we got Greg Smith with the emojis coming in. We got a steak, we got a chicken leave, got a burger, we got a beer, we got two beers, got wine, and we got looks like a uh like an old-fashioned or something. It's a whiskey drink there. So I'll take that it. looks pretty good. Only one finger though. Come on, Greg, don't be stingy. Um, <laughs> we got Michael Ronquillo coming in. Good evening, Nick and Carl and uh, Bill in the Broncos. Good to see you. Kevin Gray also saying, No surprises, lovely new additions. Hi, Nick and Carl. Uh, let's ride in. Carl, we're looking over this. Um, You talked about Randy Gregory and Billy Turner coming back. Excited about that. Any thoughts on uh, the addition of uh, Joe Schobert?
3: I I like it. I mean, if I'm talking about how much does it move my needle for how this team's going to do this year, not not really at all. Mm -hmm. All it does is it raises the floor of that linebacker room for me. It it says some of those backup guys, I, I was pretty nervous about them. I think they had a decent game this last week, I wouldn't call it a great game. I mean, they had, they had some nice plays. Um, had that one really nice stop on the, uh, the screen pass Mm -hmm. where he was like the only guy there and there's a blocker right in front of him. And he did a good job sidestepping him to make the play. One of the best plays I've seen him make as a Denver Bronco by far. But at the same time, I just was still not feeling good. If one of our starters went down, which Griffith does did, do I really trust one of those guys to come in singleton for an entire game and be a quality player for them not really probably not probably so not Albert does a little bit more for me
2: yeah you're definitely right i think this is again another uh, floor raising move i know that the steelers defense last year the run defense specifically was horrid now i think a lot of that falls on uh losing steven to it uh also devin bush has been pretty horrible coming back <laughs> from that acl injury um Definitely trending towards a bust, I guess. You know, even if the Broncos didn't hit uh, the picks, Reisner would be a better – Reisner's a more valuable player right now than I think Devin Bush is, and that was, you know, 30 picks apart. So the linebackers sometimes, man. But the floor-raising play, I think the linebackers for this team should be fine. I was hoping to see Jonas Griffith this year. I think this is probably a hedge on him uh, somewhat being young, and now you have him dealing with an injury. You'd never know about Josie Jewell given how many injuries he's had in his young career to date. Um, <clears throat> I will be curious though. I don't think Schobert or Jewel are neither of these physical dominating presences where you want to blitz them. And I saw a lot of looks from, uh, even in the preseason game as you your Evero, uh, lining up the linebackers over the a gap or the B gap and sending them, uh, with different types of packages and dropping an edge rusher into space. Schobert doesn't really seem like that kind of guy, neither does Jewel. So curious to see what they use there. Maybe this is a thing where that specific type of role of Griffith is a little bit slow coming back they'll use one of those edge rushers and have an extra one there over one of those gaps. But I'm uh, fascinated to see how it all works out. Uh, given the the quality on the defensive line, and, uh, bringing this linebacker, I feel much better about the linebacker room still question the interior defensive line depth. I think that and the cornerbacks boundary cornerbacks outside the top two are the biggest questions now on defense.
3: So let me ask you if, if Griffith is ready to go week one, who are the two starting linebackers for you?
2: i probably have it depends on the down and distance uh, i think griffith is more of the run package early down kind of guy unless you're looking to specifically blitz with him and where Schobert i think is more going backwards side to side uh paired with with jewel being the the, the standalone guy early on it could change um it yeah. could be like Schobert's a little bit better in coverage and uh they take josie jewel off the off the field i think that's probably you know midway through the season because showbert's still going to be pretty new to the scheme um, but I think you're going to ma- mix and match with uh, Showbert and both uh, Griffith early, depending on the package. And I also think this opens up the field and pathway for uh, Griffith getting more special teams reps, where right. reps, which is what he was brought in to do originally. I mean, he was a special teams uh, dynamo, height, weight, speed guy, excited to see what he can do at linebacker. But now it's not, you're not dependent on him breaking out this year.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, it was tough when you watch. I mean, we only got a two-play sample of yeah. him on the field. But last but, year know, as well, he was great. Right. But I mean, he looked great in those two snaps where he was in the right spot, right time. It was explosive getting to the ball. I mean, he was right there when he dislocated his elbow, which I can't imagine that pain. Yeah, nope. I've been around one dislocated elbow as a EMS. Nope, it it looked bad. (laughs) Was it Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets? Is that
2: the one you're talking? No, okay. Yeah, Um, (laughs) the the okay. Uh, Andrew Baker coming in. Sup, Carl, Nick, and Scott and fam. Hashtag building the Broncos for life. I like that hashtag. And also we got Travis um coming in here with a cute picture of his kid coming in uh, saying, how about our backup that was on fire? You think you, which backup do you think he's talking about here?
3: <laughs> well, I'm guessing Josh Johnson. Yep. Yeah, no, he, he did. He had a great game. He eased at least a little bit of my concern of him being a backup, considering we'd heard that he hadn't had a great camp. There's a lot of people who are kind of pushing for Brett Rippon to get that backup spot because he's having some of the more explosive plays. Mm-hmm. And so for Josh Johnson to go out there, look very calm, collected. I mean, that two-minute drill, honestly, it's probably the best two-minute drill we've seen since Peyton Manning retired, for the Denver yeah. Broncos at least. I mean, to, to make that work, where even they had the, the bad play, the false start, cost you an extra time out. You only have thirty, about 40 seconds to get into field goal range, makes the right throws, players get out of bounds, like it just – To make all that work, we have not seen that for so long. Vic Fangio was always kind of afraid of that two-minute drill. He was more like, I just don't want to make a mistake and have it be what cost us this game. It's going to be nice to see Hackett be willing to go for it. Say, we got to go get these points. Like These are important. These are the the little points that add up to to the victories. So, um, But yeah, just to have Josh Johnson do that makes you feel a little bit better that let's not have to go out there and get a different backup. Like there's a couple of players that were cut here recently uh, at the quarterback position, and I, I saw some people going, "Oh, Broncos, you should go consider this." Not at this point. I mean, the offense is pretty complicated. I, I feel good with Josh Johnson being that guy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I he did fine, and also it sounds like uh, Josh Johnson was Russell Wilson had part of the decision making for Josh Johnson coming in. So uh, don't want any. Disenfranchise Russell Wilson at all uh, when we have a big contract coming up here pretty soon. Uh, Mario Lewis coming in with the hearts and the number one. Thank you so much, uh, Jay. Coming, in, yeah. Benito does seem small framed. It's kind of a little bit of a tweener, but as if he has great uh, bend and twitch, he can get away with it. He just got to work to not take himself out of plays. Um, use leverage, man. Von Miller, despite his smaller frame for the edge rusher, one of the best run players, run defenders in the league for there for a while. Beat guys to spot, knew what he was doing. Won the leverage battle. Yep, not there yet for Benito. Uh, Patrick McCray coming in saying, how do we look in the first preseason game? Carl, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. Uh, what do you think your general thoughts, you know, uh, your ups and your downs?
3: Well, I'd say the downs were offensive line run blocking. It was not pretty. They looked pretty out of sync. You know, if somebody would lose a battle, guys were not working as one unit going across. There's was, there's was a few plays where you saw a little bit of promise. But for the most part, mm-hmm. the run game just was non-existent in that game uh the defensive line also not very impressed they got pushed around quite a bit Mm -hmm. cowboys were running on the broncos pretty easily i mean five six yards a a carry there and uh, the only thing that kind of saved that was cowboys decided to hold a lot so it kind of usually negated some of those decent run plays for him um but beyond that i I really loved what i saw Uh, i loved some of the rookies and what they brought to the table demari mathis he shut down his side. I mean, he looked great. Run to, run defense for him. He made a couple of really nice run tackles, whereas him in space, that's what you yep. love to see. If he's yep. going to be one of the starters eventually, he's got to be able to make those kind of plays. And yep. so it was nice to see that. I think a lot of people are too hard on Ojemudia and his game. It wasn't great, yep. but it wasn't absolutely terrible either. It's not like he gave up these giant plays. He kept everything kind of in front of him. He's playing too far off. He should have been a lot more up t- towards the line of scrimmage, but
2: he had outside leverage and it looked like he was expecting inside help, but the safety and I think it was Bassey, uh swapped uh, roles um, and Stearns uh, carried the slot player uh, up the seam where he was, I think bassy then uh, didn't continue on. So yeah. Um, definitely there's upsetting gave it that third down, but uh, that's one of those ones where you did want to look at the all 22 and also talk with a player. You know, what were you thinking here? What was your assignment? Were you supposed to have a uh, outside leverage and playing it soft? Cause you were expecting help over the middle. That's right. what it looked like um, to me. Uh, but again, I uh, want them to be a little bit more even. And like I said earlier, one of the bigger concerns in the defense now is uh, especially with Darby's injury history, uh, the first guy off the bench there, do you trust Ojemudia to be out there as your you know, one of your primary three cornerbacks. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm wearing my Iowa shirt right now, but um, you know, he's a <laughs> Bronco now, so I'm not going to be not try to not to be biased to him anymore. And uh, just hasn't been the, uh, hasn't been consistent out there. So hoping to see better. Hopefully he cashes in on the OTAs hype that he had. Yeah. Uh, Chase Wellner coming in saying this is random, but could uh, Browning be the third best edge in the AFC West or the best number three edge in the AFC West.
3: He, he has the, the, the athleticism to be that for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we got to see it on full display. I mean, talking about the great things that were happening out there, you got to feel a little bit better about the edge depth. Malik Reed didn't embarrass himself by any means. He made some nice plays as a run defender. He was pretty much in position most of the time, made a couple of really nice stops, and then even got a little bit of pressure. Bonito got pressure as well. And then, of course, Baron Browning, probably player of the game. I mean, if we're looking at impact plays, that that guy was everywhere and Mm -hmm. showed a nice array of... Different pass rush moves, setting himself up with different spin moves. I mean, that spin move was, that was classic. Gotta love it. And and his ability to stay balanced as he came out of that spin move was something huge. Um,
0: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus you'll help protect the environment for years to come a better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.
1: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. And so, yeah, I I think he could
3: develop into it. Right now, if I was saying, yes, he's, I, I wouldn't say he's the best one at this point. He's still got yeah. a long ways to go in his development. I think that's part of the the main reason the Broncos kept him in for four quarters yep. is they're going, we got to really develop this guy in a short period of time at a very important position. Yep. And because they're going to rely on him a lot this year where they're, he's going to be the number one guy to come in there and spell these starters. And like you said earlier, they've got injury history. There's probably a good chance. He's going to start two, three, four games this year. And even Can if he you, doesn't
2: start, you're talking a lot of snaps because it's a yep. rotational position.
3: Right. So, but he did well to show himself for that first game. And I, I think he could really develop into that. Uh, I, I think, you know, you, you got to feel excited about that in the sense of, you know, Bradley Chubb. Let's say he doesn't live up to the hype and, or even if he does live up to the hype, can you pay him the kind of money that he's going to maybe demand? Well, now you might feel pretty good that you have a guy that could come in and be a starter quality guy for you. Yeah, It's going to be 100... on a cheap rookie contract. So that's the, the great thing you were talking earlier about just how you're trying to develop this whole entire roster. This is what you're trying to do. You're trying to fill in those spots that I could lose a player in a year or two.
2: Yep. And to answer Chase's question right now, I'd probably put the chiefs um, having the best number three because Carl Loftus was had, even had a better preseason week, one game than Browning did probably. And uh, I think I trust Carlos Dunlap a little bit more than Browning as well, a different kind of players, but uh probably say the chiefs just because the sample size things, but Browning is definitely knocking on the door there. Uh, Phil McLaughlin with the stars. Thank you so much Phil. saying, I think I liked uh, was communication and time management for the preseason game. Yeah, definitely a lot of communication. And I thought Hackett did pretty well to uh, simulate Mm -hmm. being in a real game with the timeouts going into the first half or going out of the first half with zero timeouts. Good job.
3: Yeah. So (laughs) I was listening to somebody the other day. They're talking about the, the Fangio period here with the Broncos Uh, i guess a lot of players were really upset with how bad fangio was with technology and communication Mm -hmm. like it took a long time to get plays into uh into the huddle and so then a lot of times they were breaking a little bit later than they liked and uh, and he just had trouble understanding what his job was on each play and uh, you know sometimes those older guys they're not used to all this new technology that's right in front of them thankfully hackett that's not a problem Mm -hmm. heck he brought in one of the people that's on his staff is just here to coach the coaches to coach them of how to to communicate to these players and so like the coaches love this guy i guess because they're like hey we bring all these ideas and say hey this is the point that we want to get across how do you think would be best for us to get this across to the players and then the guy will design some kind of computer system or something like that to get the point across so it's really cool to hear some of these new modern things the broncos are bringing into the system
2: yeah absolutely adapt or die right i gotta get into that just like these uh live streams deandre knows what it's about let's see we're getting closer to week one boys let's go and also mandingo giving us the announcement here that they just announced that the stadium has been repaired and they're ready for the season good to hear um oops sorry scott i'll take my hand off here you pulled one up there we go we got charlie dominguez coming up here with the stars over on facebook thank you so much charlie and if you have any questions for us consider that a down payment uh we'll get to you um but uh I got Zebulon coming in saying Johnson should have been the practice squad if he doesn't get picked up elsewhere. I think the fact that he was cut this early means that uh, he is not prioritized for the practice squad. They probably would have held on to him a little bit longer, but uh, is what it is. I mean, the lack of physicality, the lack of special teams ability, probably not a starting safety. You're going to have to contribute on that third phase, and it just does not seem to be the case for him.
3: Yeah, and, and it's it's tough to see because he did make actually some decent plays in mm-hmm. that Cowboys game, that third and one where he made the tackle to to hold him right there. That that was a really nice open field tackle for him. Yeah. And he'd made another tackle right before that. And like I said, the interception, I don't know if it would have saved his job if he catches that, but it's at least that really big play that everybody's talking about. They're watching the film room. Everybody's cheering it on. Uh, you know, that's sometimes the big, the difference, whether you catch a football or not.
2: Yep. Absolutely. Todd Smith with starry night coming in here saying ride Broncos country. Awesome to see. You. And Greg helping us out here saying, subscribe to YouTube channel. If you haven't already, I did today. Hell yeah, Greg. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. And uh, saw some comments here about the safeties. I like Caden, but I don't think he's ready to start yet. Played well as safety three and I saw a comment about uh, uh, Caden Stearns being the safety off the bench. So here we go. Stearns will replace K Jack. Okay. So let's say knock on wood here because we're not wishing injuries to anybody, but especially the Broncos cream Jackson misses a game. Who's the uh, safety that comes out to replace him?
3: Probably Locke. I think it's PJ Locke, too. Yeah. Why, why he's is that? Been, well, one, because he's been having an outstanding offseason. I mean, he's been the talk of the town, really. <laughs> kind of got you in trouble. But, uh, no, he had the great interception. Although, I will say, and yeah, Kiowa, Kansas, that's a little ways away from me. But uh, good to see you here. Always good to see another Kansan and uh good evening guys thanks for all your input on the team thank you so much and john leach saying broncos for life yes exactly and uh i saw a meme that said something about like uh it's always weird that like kids pick their team when they're like 10 or 11 and then they when they're grown-ups that let they let it affect them like their Mm -hmm. mood and everything if their team does good or bad something that they made a decision on when they were young and uh yeah it doesn't make logical sense but yep we do and Jeremy coming in saying, good evening, Nick, Carl, Scott, and Dylan. Good to see you here, Jeremy. As always, uh, always, always enjoy seeing your face pop up there. Yeah,
2: absolutely. But, and we got uh, a comment from Zach Martinez. Jamar Johnson is better than P.J. Lock." Well, I guess that uh, you disagree with the Broncos front office and coaching staff, and time will tell if you're correct. But uh, again, Carl, um, why do you think P.J. Locke would be the starting, or the next guy off the bench if Kareem Jackson gets hurt?
3: Well, I mean, we, we saw it in that game. When he was in there, that guy's flying everywhere and he's done well to get himself into position, Uh, had the interception. I I guess you could say it wasn't the smartest interception because it actually cost the Broncos two yards because it was a Mm -hmm. fourth down play. But at the same time, I don't blame a guy for wanting to make an interception. Um, Yeah, like I said, he was in position to make a play. And that's what he's been doing all off season. He's been making plays in training camp uh, and OTAs, mini camp, all those kind of things. And he's just, he's built every single time. He's proven that each time as it builds up, it's not getting any bigger for him. No. And I think he can be a special teams guy for you as well. So if we're talking about a guy that really should be making this roster, it's him. And like I said, first guy off the bench. Seems like he loves the system and is just something's clicked for him. He's yep. made that next step. Yeah. Caden Stearns, it sounds like he's had kind of a down off season so far. Just yeah. hasn't looked quite like what he showed last year even. And sometimes that happens when you make a change in system. I know it's, it's pretty similar, but there's still going to be some differences. There's going to be some differences in language mm-hmm. and maybe they're trying to use him a little bit different this year of what they're going to require of him. And maybe he's having a trouble adjusting to that. So uh, right now it seems like Locke is the guy that they would trust to come off the bench.
2: I'm not going to disparage Stearns because I think that even if let's say OTAs and whatnot, he was not uh, taking the reins and really running with it. I think that, the role of Stearns, uh, what we saw in that game where he did play one of the two starting safeties, uh, in base packages, there's a lot of plays and meat on the bone for him as a dimebacker, um, out there. We saw th- he, I think he's dimebacker number one, which second and 10, a second and 12 or third and 10, that might be the Broncos' go to uh defense out there. You're gonna see a, sa- a safety in the box a lot. We saw a lot of number 30 Stearns and a lot of number 20, um, mm-hmm. JR Reed in the box. So I think that you have a bit of a dichotomized or a c- categorized positions here where Locke is going to be much more of the Kareem Jackson, you know, over the slot or playing too high uh, with Stearns more likely to play. He's still going to have snaps, but it's just kind of a different role um, while they both will play the sink, the too high and uh, base packages, probably not as much. So we'll see. Um, there's going to be plenty of snaps for both of them, but I think you're right. Uh, probably P.J. Locke gets the biggest bump uh, from snaps if Kareem Jackson does go down. So um, let's get into it. I had a good question here from uh, K-Hop. K-Hop, always good to see you. Uh, What wide receiver will make the final 53 in your opinion? Carl, what do you think here? (laughs) It's a tough one.
3: It's your position. this is. Because they they all proved themselves really well in that game. Like, I mean, Fulgram's probably the one guy that you're like, he didn't have a great game. And, well, he's already gone. So you don't have to worry about that one um I'll go Seth Williams because I think he does well of just setting up as that outside guy like Tim Patrick was great when when Cortland Sutton went down because they had very similar skill sets I mean Sutton's a better athlete and better in and out of breaks and all those kind of things but you at least saw the one for one and now with Tim Patrick gone none of the other wide receivers kind of fit that mold of being that big strong guy that can go up there high point the ball you know, pretty good straight line kind of speed. Seth Williams is that one guy that kind of fits that. And he made some really tough catches, came down with that great touchdown. And so I I, I could see him being one of them that they want to keep around. Kendall Hinton, I think he makes this team too. You know, he's he's proven himself time and time again. You know, just when you think this guy, like how in the world is he sticking around? Because what is he? Is he wide receiver? Is he quarterback? Is he cornerback? He finds a way to just make enough plays to make a roster. And he can help on special teams. That, that's going to be huge for those back-end wide receivers. And so, yeah, I, I think he'll get to stick around. And then there's probably going to be... Do you think there's going to be one more, or do you think just the, just two? Did you say Montrell Washington as well? well? yeah, I, yeah, he's going to make it. Just yeah. his returnability, he's already on the roster.
2: I think it's Hinton, and then it's going to come down to Brendan Johnson versus Seth Williams. I think there will be six total. So does the, the Right? Is that six? Yeah. So we've launched Jerry, uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, uh, KJ Hamler, Montreal Washington. That leaves two more spots. And I think right. uh, Hinton is the safest of them all. Then it'll come down to Brennan Johnson and uh, Seth that's Williams. It. I think Seth Williams right now has the inside track, uh, the most likely guy with hopefully Brennan Johnson sticking on the roster uh, practice squad wise. But these guys are going to have a chance to battle it out here yet. And that's a battle that is yet to be determined and probably one of the most interesting ones to follow. You know, we were talking the preseason. Game three, it used to be preseason game four, where it felt like, oh, man, this is some rough football. Not as rough as the Hall of Fame game, but some rough football. Um, (laughs) But there are things to tune in for in that battle specifically. uh, Who is that six wide receiver? If they do keep one, can't wait.
3: Uh, I have no idea, but going to figure it out. Let me ask you this. Did Seth Williams look quicker than he did last year? I thought he did a better job. uh, Quicker is
2: the right word. Yeah, I thought he did a better job in and out of his breaks, and I thought he played lower as well. I always thought that he used to play pretty high, especially in yep. his hips wouldn't sink very well. And that's something when you're as big as him, you have to be able to learn how to play low. Cause it's just, it's momentum, right? If you the higher up your force, uh, your center of gravity is the harder it is to turn. So it will be interesting to see how it plays out. But I thought he did look quicker. I thought Brandon Johnson looked better than him. Oh, we didn't even say uh Jalen uh, vigil uh, Virgil also who uh deserves a shout out. And we, I, I always preach about it. Special teams, special teams, special teams. He has a chance to be one of the better gunners on the team. And there's still Tyree Cleveland as well. So uh, <laughs> special teams is a dark horse uh, for that yeah. sixth spot um, that uh, we
3: need to at least consider. For sure, and we got Marcus Lewis coming in saying, "Do you think that we have the right outside linebacker yet?"
2: Uh, the I don't even know who's right or left technically because um, <laughs> I just look at them. One is edge one, and one is starting edge two. Um, so. I think that it's Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb with a uh, Baron Browning being your, hopefully your first guy off the bench, but uh, Malik Reed has looked solid. And I've always said that, you know, Malik Reed is your third or fourth edge rusher. It's fine. Um, it's limited in the run game, but that's, you know, you would need rotational rotation of guys. Uh, but as far as the starters, it's Chubb and Gregory. I mean, from pedigree to everything, maybe the question more so is, uh, can a hey, Chubb stay healthy and have a great season, but can Browning do enough this season where the Broncos are like, you know what? We, can we, I think we can spend this money that we would have spent on Chubb elsewhere because we really like what we see in Browning. That's a question that we'll see uh, about, but that's yeah. that's more where my head goes for that uh, questioning the edge rusher spot
3: this year. Right. Well, I kind of think of it as we talked about this before, but you know, if it comes down to whether you pay Draymond or you pay Bradley Chubb, no. well,
2: it could be both it, um, with the new ownership, with how the yeah, contracts, can I, you can, can make them. it work.
3: Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like if you have to make a choice. Well, then part of that evaluation is going to be, okay, if we lose this guy, who do we have to come in for him? Yep. Well, Right now, I'd probably feel better about Baron Browning than I would any of the depth guys on the defensive line. Now, given two of them are rookies, they can make a giant leap year two that you start feeling really good about them. But right now, I mean, I don't think Aruzaweke or, uh, or Henningsen um, make you feel great right now about that position. Yeah, I do think that this is something that Scott
2: and I talked about on Monday um, on uh, Broncos for breakfast. But were you surprised at all that, that we didn't see any of uh, Deshaun Williams in that game? I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he did play some snaps, but I don't think I saw any Deshaun Williams out there, which is considering what I thought of him um, coming into this game. That makes him pretty darn safe and yeah. uh, a big part of the plans here, which I thought, you know, great player starting this season in the in base when you have three interior defensive linemen. But uh to put that stamp on him
3: was surprising. I I guess it was maybe more surprising for me with Mike Purcell. Mm. He's coming
2: up he's older. Yeah,
3: yeah. I I guess. But I mean, I guess maybe that's the sign that he's safe too. Yeah. Yep. I I was a little bit surprised just because I've heard some rumblings that the Broncos haven't been too excited about him this offseason so far. He's been okay, but nothing too outstanding. And there's talk of, you know, like when cutdowns start happening, looking for that true nose tackle, seeing if there's a guy that you can get for cheaper option. Um, cheaper, younger, and, healthier. Right, all those kind of things. And so, but I feel like this kind of makes it a little bit where they're kind of going, yeah, he's going to stick around. He's going to be around here. So for us, I don't know. Yep. We'll see. The interior defensive line
2: is definitely, we talk about the rotation, you wanting that at edge rusher. You also need that on the interior defensive line. Uh, so we'll see um, how it plays out. Uh, excited to see um, who plays uh, this next game too, seeing if we have any starters because was not super impressed with uh, number 95 and 92 out there for the Broncos defense. I thought Henningsen had a good game, but uh, those two other interior defensive linemen, when they got reps out there, were on skates. Now, part of that is because first-round pick of the Cowboys, Tyler Smith, is that powerful. Um, he's might be one of the more powerful offensive linemen in football already as a rookie. I'm 20-year-old from Tulsa. I mean, God, he just blasted uh, Harris out of a few plays. It was unbelievable. Um, but definitely a position where the Broncos, we talk about the bevy of edge rushers. You have this guy, you have this guy, you have this guy. Do not feel nearly as good uh, about the interior defensive right. line. Uh, Mike Homer, Homer coming and talking. Let's take a foot off the negative gas here for a second. Isn't it great that we are back in a place with regards to uh, talent and hopefulness. It's so good to be in this space. I, I, Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands. Carl and I have been covering this team since the prior to the Garrett Bulls draft, which would have been 2017 and we've yet to cover a Broncos team that finished with a winning record, I think. Um, right. So I uh, don't know how to feel other than I'm really happy <laughs> that we're not arguing about Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Locke uh, anymore, or trying to talk ourselves into Joe Flacco or Case Keenum or salvaging the Pax and Lynch pick that I miss anybody in there. Um, I remember there was a few uh, people who thought Kyle Sloder should be the starter, those kind of things. So mm-hmm. um, thank God um, we've moved on and we yeah. can talk about much
3: more fun things. It, uh, it feels like you're living in a parallel universe when you read from Seattle media and hearing about their quarterback battle. I mean, it, like almost headline for headline yep. for what the Broncos had last year. It, it, it's just kind of crazy to see that. And so you're right. You're getting to talk about having too many wide receivers. Like, which one do we cut? Because we feel like they could all be on this roster and, and be happy about it. Uh, yep. Maybe you're looking at trying to, to trade one for, for the Broncos. And we, we talked about edge depth. We didn't even talk about Jonathan Cooper. No, nope. you know, a guy that actually had a start last year and looked pretty decent in that Cowboys game, and didn't at least didn't look like a seventh round pick. If we're talking about that, and uh, so you know, there at edge rusher, you're starting to feel pretty good about the the depth you got there. Now we got off ball linebacker looking a little bit better with Schobert coming into the picture. Safety again, we're talking about who, who's going to be coming in. Caden Stearns, who looked really good last year. Now you got P.J. Locke, who's really proven himself well. Turner Yell, who's coming in, looking. Uh, he had a pretty decent game, I thought, in the preseason. So, yeah. you, like I said, you're starting to feel really good about some of these positions. Now, you yeah. still got to worry about offensive line. Like I said, defensive line, you're, you're a little bit concerned. Cornerback depth, you know, who's going to be that true number four guy for you? I, honestly, I'd, I'd probably pick Mathis if I'm picking anybody right now i just i feel that good about him right now
2: well that's that's good i'm waiting to see on mathis right now it seems like Ojamudia is getting the uh the first shot with mathis more inside outside uh versatile yep. but uh we'll see um cornerback is question going forward but we uh we're gonna get more games of these guys see him um as long as darby we don't need to see darby or satan at all uh in preseason as far as i'm concerned let's keep those guys healthy um we also got uh Jeremy's saying listening to forging the Falcons shows me how blessed we are as Bronco fans. Yeah. Falcons <laughs> are in a, a dark place right now, um, yep. but they're in they're uh, They're trending the right way. They're not rudderless. You know, I think they're towards a uh, bouncing off the bottom season, which can spring you forward. Just look at the example I keep using on the show is the, uh, the Bengals. Things were pretty listless there for a bit, but they got the first overall pick Joe Burrow. And then they got Jamar chase and they had a bunch of cap space because they got that all the books in line. Things right. can change, turn around very quickly in the NFL. If you have direction. Right. I
3: I always think of like Carolina right now. That place is a a mess. Yeah. I like a lot of their defensive pieces. They got Um, some, but it's still like, don't know exactly what all they're doing at quarterback. It's like, they're just throwing as many darts at the board as possible and just hoping one of these former first round picks can do something. I guess there's worse idea that you could have out there than doing that, but uh, maybe Geno Smith and Drew Locke battling it out. But but yeah, I just feel like you're right. I think the Falcons at least have some kind of plan in, in action. They're they're yeah. building towards something bigger. So, uh sometimes you just got to have that patience. Like we've had for the last 6-7 years here in Denver. You're you're hoping now we've got a plan in place. George Payton's got this figured out. He knew it was going to be a 2-3 year plan and now we're starting to see it coming to action and feeling re- really good about it.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Jeffrey coming in over on Facebook. Good to see you, Jeffrey. Hope you're doing well. Happy Tuesday to you. Saying, do you see us picking up any players cut from other teams to upgrade certain positions. I think there's definitely a chance for a wide receiver. I think there's a chance for tight end. Uh, I think there's a chance for uh, maybe interior defensive line and maybe cornerback uh, as well. Those are the positions I have my eyes on right now. Anyone else? Anywhere else? Right tackle. But I mean, I feel like the issue with right tackle is that the reason the position is so valuable is because the scarcity of the position. So you're not really finding guys off the street where you probably can with wide receiver, linebacker, maybe cornerback, not as much as those other twos, but uh, definitely definitely areas to look at.
3: Right. No, you, I'm, I'm with you right there. <clears throat> you, you would hope for somebody to be cut. The only way that a, a right tackle that of inequality sit in the market is because their contract is just so big. The mm-hmm. team's kind of going, we got to get this under control. It probably would have already happened though.
2: Yeah. Right like that guy would have already been cut. So I don't know. You're probably uh your, your bet is made there and you're hoping for the best. Um Good luck, Butch Berry. You better get it done. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. Charlie Dominguez coming in here. How do you guys feel about the Broncos getting no love in the top 100 rankings uh, NFL top 100 from what I've seen so far, we have Russell Wilson at 61 and we also have uh, Justin Simmons at 81. Um, For me, this is a bunch less, uh even less meaning than pro bowls uh, coming in here, the voting list here. And, uh, the Broncos will not get respect until they win. So yeah. start winning things next year. The, the list a year from now will be a lot more enjoyable, but for now uh, let them hate, I guess. We'll t- use a moniker from a, a darker time.
3: Yeah. I mean, you think about during those Peyton Manning years, Broncos yeah. were just all through that list like crazy. Yeah. And uh, so Russell Wilson, I mean, he's had other players get big bumps because of him being on the field for, for the Seattle Seahawks. You got to think about like wide receiver being such a dependent position. We don't know what Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy could be. It wouldn't surprise me if either of them are a top 50 player on that list next year after they go for 1200 yards and 10 touchdowns could happen. You know, you think of offensive linemen. I think did Garrett Bowles make the list.
2: Uh, I don't think we've gotten that high yet, but based on the names I'm seeing here, not likely.
3: Okay. Um, you know, maybe he gets back onto that kind of area uh, you know, he had that second team all pro season could probably Rashawn do Slater came
2: in at 79. This okay. It's better than Rashawn Slater, Tyron yeah. Smith, 92.
3: Right. And you know, again, a lot of these players are being listed because they're on those winning teams. Yeah. Like Mac Jones being on that list. He did not have a top 100 season. No, like for a rookie. It was, it was decent but not top 100. Come on, no. people. <laughs> so he just gets kind of that bump one being in the Boston market. So he gets a lot of talk national wise. Um, and then, like I said, he had a decent season. They made the playoffs. See, people are talking about him. Yep. I, I don't think he'll make the top 100 this next year. Yeah, probably not. Uh, Dolph world coming in. Uh, did
2: Broncos trade for Roquan Smith? Any trades or sign someone I think if the Broncos are making any trades, they're trading players away to get picks right now. What do they have only four or five picks? The only yep. one in the top 100 is the third round pick. They're definitely looking to add assets for the off season to get some more young cost controlled players to give themselves flexibility in the draft uh, next year. So maybe they can go out and trade for a veteran or something like that. So I think the Broncos are more likely to take away um, some back end talent on this roster to accumulate draft picks because four is not nearly enough. And uh, as far as Roquan Smith, it all comes back to, uh, we already have three players after this season that are going to be getting probably some pretty big contracts. Uh, Russell Wilson being one, even though he's still under control, he's going to get paid. And then you have Bradley Chubb and Draymond Jones, way more valuable positions than the linebacker spot, uh, in my opinion. And also, Roquan then is also uh, going to cost you draft picks, which we already talked about. You don't have many draft picks, so don't think it's going to happen. I think the uh, Joe Schobert uh, signing is about as good as it's going to get uh, for the Broncos addressing the linebacker spot as far as top and guys who are going to play meaningful snaps, I guess. So uh, that's what you should expect.
3: Right. Well, and you think about it. Now the Broncos have three guys that have decent starting experience in the NFL. Singleton, Schobert, and Jewel. All of them have played a lot of snaps. And Griffith, you feel really good about him. And you said it earlier about the Broncos playing a ton of dime. Mm-hmm. Well, that means most likely one or zero linebackers on the field. Yeah. So... <laughs> you really don't want to keep adding to that position when they've devalued it in the system. Uh, you know, he's coming from the, the Rams system. And I, I know you can do this, but can anybody name one of their linebackers from last year? Von Miller
2: outside line. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Off yeah, ball linebacker.
3: Can anybody name one of their players? Probably not. It, it wasn't a valued position. Yeah, they, they figured good enough is good enough. Like we, we can make this system still be elite even without that kind of player being there. Yeah. Uh, so you, you just got to keep that in mind. There's certain positions in each system that are more highly valued than others. And, and some of them that are, are lower. I think of, you know, like for Fangio, he really put some more value, I'd say on safeties than some systems. A lot of systems don't have value for safety. You think of the, the Wade Phillips system, he valued those, those outside corners and their ability to cover one-on-one. That's why I keep to leave and Chris Harris and, uh, and Mark Lewis. Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate it. You out there in the UK. Um, yeah. Go get some sleep, but thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Appreciate you I really contributing to the show today. And
2: uh, I will say about the, uh, the linebackers for the Rams. It's a lot easier uh, to put play, you know, zero war players out there when you have Aaron Donald in front of you, uh, but, and Jalen Ramsey, but uh, I digress. Your point still stands. Um, linebackers, safeties, you don't have to spend premiums to get good players there. Um, So we'll see how it works out, but excited um, about the defense overall. I thought they looked really good. And I kept saying early in this, I mean, with you, with Scott, with Luke uh, early in the year, I expected the Broncos offensive line needing to come together because I thought the passing game was probably going to take a little bit of time with Russell Wilson. This is probably, that probably is somewhat even exacerbated uh, by the Tim Patrick injury happening, but um, I'm all the offensive line worries are now ramped up even more. I'm feeling better and better and better about the defense, really. Maybe it's going to be the defense uh, that leads this team through some early games, first quarter of the season, where, you know, you have a little bit more of a feeling out period with the offense starting to gel and whatnot, rather than the running game needing to come together to uh, help hold the hand of the passing game, which is no disrespect to Russell Wilson. It's just that the coordination takes a little bit of time. I mean, remember the first five games with Peyton Manning? Not not great Uh, in 2012, and then caught fire. Sometimes it takes a little
3: time. Tom Brady and and the bucks I think they took about yep. eight games before they really started figuring some things out yep and uh so you're right uh, if the defense can kind of carry them through I'd say the easier part of the schedule yep. you know you you can go win some of these games that you know 24 to to 20. because of this defense and so you know thankfully that that's going to be the nice thing is it kind of reminds me a little bit of that 2012 season where they did have a top five defense and a top five offense. You know, once the offense got going, all of a sudden, those two working together, it was a thing of beauty. Man. And uh, I hope we have better results than how that season ended. <laughs> but but I, I could see something very similar to that of, you know, like I said, given five games, six games, and then all of a sudden, that offense starts clicking. Defense doesn't have to carry them every single week. And boom, you got yourself a very nice one-two punch going at them if you can win so many different ways in the NFL.
2: No, absolutely. Well, guys, uh, we're about in at an hour now, and uh, Ch- Chad wants us to go 45 minutes, but we're just so trained Ooh. for that hour. So uh, sorry for the extra 15 minutes. We won't charge you on that one, but uh, we got to get on out of here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure you're joining. If you're on Twitter, uh, make sure you're joining, uh, following Carl on Twitter, at Carl Dumbler, MHH, and myself as well at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also make sure you're following our show-specific account at Btb Football Pod for building the Broncos. And of course, at Mile High Huddle, the, mother, the mothership account, where it's not only the podcast stuff coming out there, but all the articles, plethora, bountiful of articles. And that's just ramping up as the season progresses. Uh, make sure you're checking us out and following us on Facebook with our Facebook community there, at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod, as well as Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. And of course, as the ticker says underneath there, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. Click the bell uh, icon so that way you know when we go live. I know YouTube sometimes with uh, StreamYard can be a little bit spotty, um, but if you click that bell notification, you'll know when we go live. So, uh, that way you're not going to miss the show and you're not going to want to miss the shows. Um, we are God, so much morning shows, evening shows. Um, uh, might as well just stream 24-7. Don't tell Chad I said that he'll make me do it. No, um, <laughs> but uh no, that'd be great. Scott actually would be the one who'd be streaming 24-7 if we did that. But um, no, I appreciate you guys coming in today. Uh, thank you for all the kind comments. And uh, Carl, what's the rest of your night looking like?
3: Well, uh, like I said earlier, I think I gotta go to the store, get some school supplies, and then I told the guy I'd meet him at the gym. Mm Go get myself a workout in. Mm -hmm. I've been doing all the running. Now I got to get into the gym and see if I can build up some of this muscle. You know, I got to take up more of this screen.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Get to, it's bulk season, baby. Winter's around the corner, man. We're almost out of summer here. You got to be ready to carry a 50 pound pack up a mountain with me the next year. That's right. Um, uh, (laughs) All right. Well, uh, guys, we appreciate you. We really great in the comment section today. I really do appreciate everyone coming in and being positive and a lot of good conversation. Uh, We'll see you guys tomorrow on uh, Scott's show Forging the Falcons if you want to hang out with Scott and I again if not then we'll see you tomorrow night for uh, Mile High Insiders Luke and myself but until then like I always like to say make sure you guys are choosing compassion and kindness Go Broncos
1: You've been listening to Building the Broncos Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going Not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore